this morning during our prayer time, as some of you were lifting up joys and sorrows, and then while others of you afterwards were coming and lighting candles quietly, I was just so moved and grateful that we have a place and a community that holds and invites these deep expressions of loss and sadness and hope and yearning. I do not take it for granted at all, and particularly after the last many, many months, to be able to bear witness in this way is such a a gift and a blessing. So thank you for being part of that. And speaking of gifts and blessings, I'm thinking about Tori and what she's bringing to our congregation already, and particularly thinking this week about the sermon she preached last Sunday, because she said something that got my attention particularly. She was talking about the slow process they were in of coming out of COVID, and she said this, she said, I have grown a bit weary from hoping alone hoping things will get better, hoping our recovery will hold, hoping our world starts to find solutions to the larger social problems we face. This hope at times has been hard to access and sometimes feels too light a response. And that resonated with me because I have to confess that lately I have been feeling some weariness too. And then sometimes there's just this clarion call that comes from somewhere that kind of says, wake up, you're not alone. It was clearly an act of God, Nate. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't apologize, it's all good. <laughs> Because this pandemic journey that we have been on, it has sometimes felt like this endless journey, right? It sometimes to me has felt like, and this image has come to mind, of traveling without a map or having an old map that is no longer useful or maybe having a GPS that needs to have its software updated, right? Things have changed, and the way to move forward is unclear, and I don't know about you, but I, deep inside, I kinda like to at least think I know where I'm going. Am I the only one? But these times are asking something quite different from us, right? Asking us to find new ways of being, asking us to draw some new maps. And so a question for me in these days is, what kind of heart will I, will we bring to this new reality? How are we going to approach the living of these particular days? And I have to make another confession that I have lately brought more weariness and more wariness than I have brought courage and resolve. 
Some days I want to pull the covers over my head. Some days I feel like I just want to kind of hold back and hope that things will get better and easier. But like Tori so strongly expressed, it's starting to feel that hope is too weak a response. Some of you know that one of my happy places in the world is out in the Rocky Mountain West, specifically Yellowstone National Park, but other places out there too where I love to go out and hike and fly fish. And over the years I've discovered out there that I actually love hiking to these remote rivers almost as much, sometimes even more than the fishing itself. The anticipation can sometimes be sweeter than the realization. And out there, oftentimes, the happiest time of the day is early morning, before I head out, sitting with that first cup of coffee and just wondering, where am I going to go today? Imagining the rivers I might walk to, wondering if the trout will be rising there. Maybe I should check out a section of river that I've never seen, but that somebody else has suggested that I should visit. With that first cup of coffee, the day is new and it's all possibility. It's all anticipation and excitement. I love packing up my gear in my little fishing pack and throwing it on my back and heading out. Because who knows what's going to happen that day. It's all an adventure, and I love it. And it makes me feel so alive. And I wonder about you. What makes you come alive? And are you getting enough of that? And are you doing enough of that? I hope you know what those things are, and I hope you are making time and space for what makes you come alive. And so a question pressing on me in these days is, why have I not brought more of that spirit of adventure to this pandemic pilgrimage that we've all been on? I know it's a lot more serious than going on a fishing trip. There's been so much suffering and loss and hardship over these many months. And it's been especially hard for parents and teachers and children and for healthcare workers and others who are out serving on the front lines. But I'm starting to sense that I and that we need a better way of getting out of this sadness and hardship than just plodding along, hoping that things are going to get better. I'm sensing in these days a new invitation. And I think of one of you, beloved church member Abby Wirtz, who many of you know and who told me it was okay to say her name in the sermon today. Abby's a nurse in the emergency room. She's recently become a manager over at Lawrence General Hospital, so she's a frontline healthcare worker. 
and she's been going through a lot over the last couple of years. And some time ago, one day, Abby told me that she'd come up with two words that had become like a mantra for her. And these two words have been a real help, she says. And these two words are, look up. Look up. Abby's made this her practice, to take times in her day to stop and intentionally just look up which of course invites her to slow down and breathe and she says it helps her to remember what it is that is saving her in these days and then to make time for that. What do you need to tell yourself? What do you need to hear? Right now I'm sensing this invitation, this call to bring more of a sense of imagination and adventure to what lies ahead. And I'm grateful to Tori for her lifting up of this, which started in a conversation we had back in August and turned out to be our theme for this month. This invitation to, at least for me, bring less dread and more resolve more exploration and experimentation and less worry about what could go wrong. Some of the old maps, you know, they have served us well in the past, but they're outdated now. And if we try to use them to get back to where we used to be, I'm afraid that way is closed. And if we try to do that, we will really be lost. So what if we acknowledge that we're in new territory now? And there's not a clear map or path quite yet for how to get from where we are to where we need to be. That it's like we've arrived at the trailhead. And we have what we need already to move forward cup of coffee, a pack full of the gear that we need. We're not lost. We're just starting to find a new way. Rabbi Edwin Friedman, some of you have heard me mention him over the years. He was a wise man who wrote a book about family systems in congregations that is required reading in many seminaries still. And Rabbi Friedman came to believe that many of the problems that we have in our society in recent years are because of a failure of nerve. In a book that was published after Friedman died, he lifts up Christopher Columbus as an example of what's missing in our culture these days. And I know that Columbus is not the most politically correct hero for these times. But stay with me for a minute, because Friedman makes a powerful point. He says that medieval Europe was suffering under centuries of imaginative malaise in the years before Columbus and other explorers literally sailed off the map. 
And he says, Friedman says, it was their adventuring and their exploring that ushered in a new spirit of imagination in Europe that fueled the Renaissance, the Reformation, and the modern era. And he says that we in our time are too much living off the daring and the exploration of our forebears. And we need to have our own sense of adventure and imagination and figure out and move forward, even when we don't know where we're going, um, into the future that is ours. Because who knows what could happen when you sail off the map or when you take a turn down a road that you've never traveled before. You know, you might get lost. You might even get in trouble. You've seen some of those old maps, right? That put warnings out at the periphery, at the edge of the known world, saying, there be dragons. One summer, I was out in Yellowstone a few weeks earlier than I usually like to go. And there had been so much snow the previous winter that my favorite rivers were unfishable because all that snow was melting and running down the mountains and running into the rivers and they were high and dirty and cold. And I was disappointed to say the least. But this forced me to try other waters that I'd never explored before. And I met other anglers who suggested other rivers that I didn't even know about. And it turned out to be a wonderful trip, fishing all these waters I'd never met before. And on this COVID journey, we've, out of necessity and out of wisdom, had to be careful and cautious. And we need to continue to be vigilant and wise but don't we also need to find ways to bring a spirit of adventure to our days? Don't we need to imagine a better day and an even brighter tomorrow to point ourselves in that direction and start working toward it? I love Bobby Kennedy's words that are at the top of our order of service today. Some people see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? Why not? When you go off the map, you do run the risk of getting lost. But that's okay, isn't it? Because sometimes when you get lost, you're actually being led to places you didn't plan to go and you end up finding unexpected blessings there. And this is something that poets and other visionaries seem to know intuitively and know how to practice. And people of faith, like us, don't we know something about this too? About getting lost, and then because we got lost, being found? about stepping out in faith, trusting that we will be held and companioned, and that come what may, all 
will be well. Thank God for the poets and the prophets and the teachers and the guides who remind us that on this great journey called life, especially when you're feeling lost, what you don't want to do is panic or hurry or run around, especially not when you're lost. No, the invitation then is to slow down, to stop even, to look up, to look around, to breathe. As David Wagner writes, stand still. The trees ahead and bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger. Must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen. It answers, I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. You must let it find you. I hope that our weekly gathering for worship is this kind of touchstone for you. This place where the Spirit can find you and where you can find the Spirit. And not just Sunday morning, but the other ways we gather for worship and community, like meditation and vespers and chalice circles and reflections. Any of the ways you have alone or with others to find nourishment for your soul. The invitation, I believe, and the necessity in these days is to remember that you are not alone, that you, that we are all part of a great and abiding love, that even with the disruption and the change and the uncertainty around us, not everything is lost. As John Greenleaf Whittier wrote, the letter fails, the systems fall, and every symbol wanes, the spirit overseeing all, eternal love remains. Let this be our faith, too, in these days. Let us be grateful and let us be glad for these gifts we have been given. This day and these companions 
and for what lies just around the corner, for what lies just off the map, just waiting for us, just waiting for us to imagine and to discover. Amen.